Thank you for joining the Fastest Known Podcast. It's very good to be with everybody in a virtual sense, because during a pandemic, that's kind of how it works. We want to practice physical distancing and social connection, and we're connecting across the pond here. We're talking with someone from Belgium, because as you know, uh, Europe's a little different, a little bit different stylistically, and yet a very, very active FKT scene, which we're going to hear about shortly. I'm talking with a gentleman from Belgium. His name, I'm going to mess this up, is Bart van der Weisteinen. And Bart, welcome. And please correct me on the pronunciation of your name. And sorry about that. Yes, hello, Buzz. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. And it's absolutely no problem that you mispronounce my name miserably. Uh, so <laughs> you should you should pronounce it as Bart van der Weisteinen. That's the the official best way to pronounce it. So, Well, thank you. And yeah. my apologies yeah. again. No problem. <laughs> well, how Bart, you're there in, in Belgium, which officially has three languages. Uh, and in the United yeah. States, we have one, and we're kind of stupid in that regard. So how many languages do you speak? So officially in school, so in, in Belgium, we have three languages. Uh, we speak Dutch. French, and there is a very small part of Belgium that speaks uh, German. I learned uh, Dutch and French in school and also English, uh, but I didn't have any, any German classes. Some students have German classes, but I didn't have any. Uh, but Dutch and German are quite similar, so I, I can understand people who, who speak uh, German. So and your three, English three official languages in Belgium. And your English is better than many Americans. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to see after the interview. <laughs> <laughs> well, going back, you were a, uh, a track runner. You did 400 meters and relay teams. You had a really fun track career there. And, you know, you got a little older, you get a little slower. And now you started trail running not that long ago, 2016. And then you mentioned you did a 123-kilometer race last year. And so, you know, you kind of joined uh, the ranks of the long, slow types and uh, yeah. also got involved with FKTs. So you, yeah. you have a good background here to help help us understand what's going on over there. Uh, so you, you mean in Belgium, how how the, well, here's, the FKT scene? Yeah, well, here's <clears throat> what's happened. Uh, which is remarkable. I added it up during the month of May. This is just May. And 56 FKTs, or I should say 56 new routes, not just FKTs, came in from the United States. And so far in this month, 61 came in from other countries. So for the first time, the balance has shifted. And so yeah. since the month of May, um, the majority of new routes have come in from overseas essentially yeah. Western Europe. I mean, yeah. uh, Belgium is there, Poland is there, Sweden, but mainly Germany. So what's up with Germany? Germany had 23 new routes just this month. What, uh, what do you think? I don't know. Uh, to be honest, uh, I, I can only mostly speak for Belgium, I think, uh, because... Um, when I looked at your website, uh, I mainly only looked at uh, the Belgian routes. So 
Um, maybe it's because of the lockdown that in Germany uh, people started trying to find uh, new challenges and uh, they started running uh, hiking routes and and maybe that's the reason why they why they uh, added these routes uh, on your website and uh, and tried to run FKTs for them. Right. Uh, so the lockdown varied dramatically country by country. We know that Italy and Spain and Andorra locked down extremely tightly. France, I think, yeah. also. Uh, Germany, I thought did, but doesn't look like they did. How about Belgium? I mean, you, the United States is starting to relax right now this past couple of weeks. So how about Belgium? Yeah. So we are currently also in the, let's say, the, the exit strategy phase. Uh, I haven't really followed the the other European countries. I mainly looked at, uh, followed, let's say, what happens in, in Belgium and mainly also to know uh, how it goes uh, with the sports and, and what you can do as a sporter. Can you go outside? Can you go running? Uh, there is one side note I should mention because, uh, because I recently became, became father again. Uh, I'm at home all the time. And I don't have to work until the 29th of June. So for me, the situation is a little bit different because there are other people they, who have to work at home and they have to combine that with uh, teaching their kids stuff for school. And that can be quite stressful sometimes. But for me, I don't have that stress because I'm currently in my, my parental leave. Uh, until the 29th of June. And so I actually, to be honest, uh, the Corona crisis for me was actually a, a good thing because my, my girlfriends, uh, so we don't, we don't live together. We have a long distance, uh, relationship. Um, but she is also at home. Uh, she doesn't have a lot of work because she is, uh, she's also teaching, but not to school kids, but to uh, adults. And those lessons were all, uh, canceled. So, she doesn't have much work too. So actually the both of us, we could really enjoy uh, our uh, fresh parenthood, let's say. So in that sense, my situation is a little bit different than for most other Belgians that do have to work from home. But uh, here in Belgium, I think the everything started around mid-March when they first started the uh, so the, the school kids, they didn't have to go to school anymore. And so from, from March 18th, I looked it up. On March 18th, we had our first, uh, they called it lockdown light in the sense that, um, so I, I mainly look at it from a sports perspective. Um, it was called lockdown light because you, you were still allowed to go outside of your home to do, uh, to go shopping to, so to buy food and stuff. And you could also do some recreational activities like go for a walk or, or go jogging. Um, but you, you couldn't do any non-essential traveling, which means, for example, I, I live in Flanders. Uh, and actually, to be honest, the, the nicest running routes in Belgium, they are in the southern part of uh, Belgium where they speak uh, French. There are a lot of, a lot more nice forests in the, the southern part of Belgium. And so actually I, I wanted to go there to, to try to run an FKT again, but I couldn't because non-essential travel was, was not allowed since, since mid-March. 
Um, on March 20, then they, they closed uh, the borders and that's still the case. So we are still not allowed to go to, to travel to other countries unless it's for work or something like that. Uh, but up until now, the borders are still closed. Uh, and then, so that was from mid-March. And then, uh, let's say from May 4th, I have here, we were able to, to take two friends with us again when we go sporting. So before you had to sport alone, you couldn't do it in a group. Um, but from the beginning of May, they loosened it up a bit and you could take two friends. So you could actually go jogging with three persons. Uh, you could try to do, uh, a mixed team FKT, for example, if that was close to your home, you couldn't take a car to go there and, and try to run the FKT, but it had to be close to your home. And then um, now, actually, as of today, so today is May 18th, uh, as of today, it's again loosening up a bit and we are now allowed to, to do sports in a group of maximum 20 persons. So, for example, me, I'm a member of a track and field club. And we can go training again, but it has to be outside. In indoor trainings, like, uh, let's say, uh, pa power training or stuff like cardio training inside, that's still not allowed in these big groups. Uh, it has to be outside. And also important is that, uh, until July, until the end of July, July 31st, uh, we don't have any sport competitions in Belgium. And it's not sure yet whether that will be even longer or not. So we are still waiting for news on that one. I'm, I'm definitely interested to hear what they're going to do about that because there are, there were some nice, interesting, uh, trails and ultra trails planned in Belgium in the month of August, but it's not sure yet whether these will be able to, to, uh, to run or not. And on in the beginning of June, we will have more uh, news on that. So, well, good you know. job, Bart. Thanks for the update. So, as of today, yeah. twenty people are allowed outside only, not inside. But no, in people. Belgium, in Belgium, right now, that could be. Different. I don't know. I don't know about the other countries. Um, right. Well, Germany's doing something else because uh, <laughs> unless people have all these trails right next to their house. Because like I said, there's been 23 yeah. new routes from Germany just since May 1st uh, through yeah. May 17th. So Belgium sounds very organized. And just going back up, I have to ask, so you have paid or is it unpaid parental leave? Uh, I have actually uh, three months of paid parental leave and one month of unpaid parental leave. Gotcha. Well, congratulations. And is that yeah. from your company or from Belgium? Uh, if I'm correct, that's Belgium who's paying me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Good. The yeah. United States doesn't have uh, company by company, it might, but the yeah. United States as a country doesn't have even maternal or paternal leave so nice good, yeah, yeah, yeah good job there yeah i i even heard that there are other countries where they have one year of parental leave i was uh, amazed by that but uh, I, I think it's a good thing but uh, i think that's only something we can dream of one year of parental leave. <laughs> i think everyone's amazed by everybody else one for one reason or yeah. another so yeah. no uh, competitions in belgium 
until uh, August, at least through September, uh, sorry, through July 31st. We'll see about thereafter. But you are signed up for the CCC race in Chamonix. Mm -hmm. That's part of the whole UTMB festival. So what's uh, yes. what are they thinking about that? What have you what are you hearing about the big UTMB festival? Yeah, so actually I'm I'm following let's say uh, what's going on on their Facebook group and um there are the official announcements on the website and then you also read stuff on on the Facebook group and uh yeah, some people they they want to see the race going on the end. So it's actually the the end of August. Eh? It's from the twenty fourth till the thirtieth of August. Uh, so it's rather unsure for the moment whether that will go on or not. Some people want it to go on. Other people don't want it to go on. Uh, some people say, okay, uh, in my country, I currently cannot go out of my house. I, I cannot train <laughs> for it. So uh, that's understandable. Eh? Uh, um, well, here in Belgium, you're, you were still allowed to, to go outside and run. You had to stay around uh, near, near your house. You couldn't take the car to, to go far, uh, but, but still you could run and train. Uh, but then there are other problems like, uh, are you allowed to, to leave your country or not, uh, to, to go to Chamonix in France? Uh, for now, Belgium is still closed. You cannot leave Belgium for the moment. I, I hope they will open up Belgium again. And, and if I read, if I, if I listen to the media, I have the impression that, that the borders will be opened, uh, by August. But, but still, I can imagine that other countries are still not that far in their uh, corona exit, let's say, corona crisis exit. Uh, so maybe for those countries, the borders will still be closed. So it's understandable that there is a, there are people who are willing to, to see the race go on and there are other people who, are, who don't want it. No, what I, what I think is um, very nice of the organizers is that they, they had a, how do you say that, a, a questionnaire we, we were able to, so they sent an email and you could uh, give feedback on whether you want to, you want to, you hope to see the race going on or, or you prefer to, to have the race postponed until next year, for example. Uh, so we, we could fill in a questionnaire on that. And uh, based on, on that information from the participants, uh, they will make a decision. And I think uh, th- they will announce that decision on the, the 20th of May, so within two days, uh, this Wednesday, I think. And it will be either, uh, yeah, maintain the UTMB race, uh, but adjust it to the, to the current uh, Corona crisis situation, probably then with, with stricter rules. Uh, the second option is that they will postpone it uh, to a later date uh, this year and again uh, adjust it to the situation. Or they might they might cancel it and then we'll have to wait until next year. Uh, to be honest, my personal preference is that they postpone it until next year because with my uh, fresh uh, parenthood and a crying baby that has to have bottles every once in a while and, and has to have uh, diapers changed once in a while, I haven't been able to run uh, much distances yet. So I personally, for my situation, I, I hope it will be postponed. Wow. And if, if it's not, well, to, to be honest, also, I, I, I hope if the race goes on that it's 
that is in its in its full form, not not a trimmed down version. I think that would be less interesting. I think most participants, if they participate, they want to participate in the race. Uh, let's say uh, in its in its full glory, uh, the whole trajectory, not some some shortened trajectory or something. So, I hope it's yeah either this year or next year. Wow! Thank you for the update on that, Bart. That's important. UTMB is yeah. a big deal, a worldwide ultra running event. A decision coming in two days. That's interesting because most times the runners always want it to go on. They don't care. Rain, snow, sleet, floods, they want it to happen. But this is yeah. very different. Because, I think, yeah. Because you have two different factors. One is just your uh, biological safety, that if you're around mm -hmm. you know, 10,000 of your closest friends, that you know obviously your safety could be compromised. <clears throat> but secondly, and this is what happened with the Olympics, I think, you can't train. And so if you're from a mm -hmm. country that didn't close down as much, like Sweden, your, your, your training's yeah. been going okay. Well, if you've been living in France, Spain, or Italy, wow, you're forbidden by law for going, from going more than one kilometer from your house. Yeah, exactly. And that, wow, that would be kind of tough to do 100 miles, or in the CCC case, you know, 60 miles, with on one kilometer of training. Or like we've seen on some of the YouTube videos, people running laps around a parking lot. Yeah. And and it's not only that. It's also you do not only have the, the participants, but then you also have all the spectators. I think, well, for me, it would, have, it would be my first uh, UTMB race. Um, but uh, so I, I haven't been there, but I can assume that. It's very crowded there in, in Chamonix in, in the end of August at that time uh, because you, you have a lot of uh, participants, but you also have all the family and the spectators. So to, to be honest, I, I think it will be postponed, uh, but we'll, we'll have to wait for the decision. That is my guess as well. Uh, a huge event, actually a bigger event, of course, in France is Le Tour, the Tour de France. And yeah. it's a super big deal. Christian Prudhomme, the, the organizer, you know, a real big shot. You know what I mean? They kind of walk on water in that country until mm -hmm. Emmanuel Macron, the, the prime minister, said, no, you can't do this during that time period. And so the organizers can get overruled very easily and very quickly by the prime yeah. minister of the country. <laughs> And so in our, yeah, in our yeah. little world, we think, you know, the, the race organizers hold all this power, but in a bigger world, they hold very little power. True. Absolutely true. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but my guess is they're going to have to postpone it because it's a little too big of an event. And my hope, yeah. just, just my hope, is that some of the smaller races that have, you know, 100 people or less will be able to continue. Yeah. 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 And then another question is, uh, if it gets postponed till next year, uh, how will they do it? Because you, you had to, you had to earn your ticket eh? in order to enter UTMB races. You had to run other races and collect points, collect UTMB points. So how, if it gets postponed until next year, uh, will everybody just have 
the same tickets for next year? Uh, how will that go? I'm, I'm very curious, to be honest. Right. Well, I think they're going to – this one I would have an opinion on. I think they would have to roll it over because no. if you got your points, you got them. And maybe you broke your leg in the meantime. That's okay. You earned your points. They're going to have to roll it over. And indeed, that's how they handled the Olympics. And the Olympics, of course, no. are this – you know, multi-billion dollar worldwide enterprise. And they made a ruling that if you had qualified for your sport, the 2020 Olympics, you're in for 2021. Now that yeah. means that you could be out of shape in 2021. You could be too old. Someone might be better, but that's, that's the way they had to handle it. And I think for UTMB, my guess is if they roll it to 2021, they're just going to have to roll the entries as well. Yeah, I I think that's uh, that that would be uh, the probably the most honest thing to do, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's a huge hit. I mean, for everybody, the organizers who already have yeah. money into it. So the pandemic is causing a massive, incredible impact to the global economy and people's personal lives. Not exactly the virus itself, uh, getting sick. And dying, and you recover. Most people recover, and some people don't. So it's a tragedy mm. there. But certainly, the mm. biggest impact is actually our attempt to control the virus, not the virus itself. So it's an interesting situation. Definitely. <laughs> and I wonder, uh, I wonder when when everything will be uh, as normal again. Uh, Probably. Well, and because my, for. Go ahead, Bart. For the moment, my, my, my son still isn't going to school. So normally here in Belgium, the, the end of the school year is the 31st of, of the 30th of June. So end of June. Uh, that's still one and a half month to go. Uh, but for now, we don't have any perspective on when he will be able to go to school again. Some, some children already go back to school, but not all of them. So they, yeah, it depends on what, uh, what class, what year you are in. Uh, then you can already go back to school as of today. Today was the first day, but my son is in the fifth grade and the fifth grade, uh, still has no perspective. So we still have to teach our kill our children, uh, at home. And I wonder uh, what will happen, uh, the next few weeks and months to a remarkable <clears throat> degree. Nobody knows. <laughs> no, yeah. It's, Only the politicians know or, or the, yeah. And I think they, they will have to decide. I think they have to decide. And I think they know about one day before they make the announcement at the most. So yeah, it's, it's yeah, remarkable yeah. in that regard. Well, Bart, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you and I started talking because you sent me an email uh, via the website, of course, correcting yeah. some names in Belgium. And yeah, and I thought, good, good. And so, for listeners, please uh, use the, don't send it to me. Just send it. Use the contact form on fastestknowntime.com, like Bart did. If you have questions, comments, corrections, you know, please do it. We want to be a community source of information here. And Bart, you sent in some name corrections, and it's <laughs> it started to spin my head around a little bit because. This was around the GR routes. And so for people yes, who don't yes. know, you certainly know this. Everyone in Europe knows it. But GR, I think, originally stood for Grand Randonnée, a French term. Exactly. And that's these are yeah. the big, 
big roots. And, and yeah. for people who don't know, these are amazing roots. And so I'll, I'll put a link to them on our show notes and our written show notes if people want to look it up. But I think there's almost a hundred GR roots throughout Europe, which is this fantastic network that people should know about. But in yeah. Belgium, you had a, a prefix, like you're supposed to say streak GR. And I still actually don't understand yeah. that, but I took your advice and I changed the root names as per your input. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very well done because, uh, first of all, I have a question for you. So I assume these, uh, Grand Randonnée, how they are called, it's translated into English. It's called a uh, long distance footpath. Uh, I assume that is something that exists only here in Europe. You don't have. It's it's not called GR route in in the United States. I assume correct. You don't have those or, any, different or, or anywhere else. For this is pure yeah. Europe. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but uh, well, when I look at the, the map here uh, for Belgium, uh, I see I actually see two types of GR routes, and so the ones that you were talking about, so that start with streek GR. Streek is a, a Dutch word. And I don't know the, the exact, uh, translation. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's region. Um, so the, the strict GRs are actually loops most of the times. So you can run in a certain area, a nice loop. And the other ones, they have a, a starting and ending points, which are not at uh, the same place. So. In that sense, uh, you have a, quite some streak GRs in, in Belgium, but you also have GR routes passing through Belgium, for example, that, that start in the Netherlands, which is north of us, and that end somewhere in France or, or maybe even in Spain. I don't know. So, um, and actually, now that I think of it, uh, here in Belgium, there is a, a television series, uh, which is actually, it's, it's a fiction series. And it's about a group of people who hike along GR5. So maybe because we have that television series, uh, the GR routes are maybe becoming a little bit more popular in Belgium. Maybe that's also a reason why recently people started adding uh, GR routes uh, on your website for, for Belgium. I don't know. You have a TV series, and it's about hiking the GR5, which goes through yes, multiple yeah. countries. Wow. Well, of course, I yeah. totally mispronounced that word. It was spelled, I think, S-T-R-E-E-K. I said streak, yeah. but actually it's streak. Streak, streak. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And that it means, it means uh, region, region. So that means it's a regional, a regional long-distance footpath. Gotcha. And that's often a loop. Well, if you don't use yeah. that prefix, then it's often a point to point. Exactly. Okay. Well, this is what happens when people like you uh, email me and so we can correct this. So the website well, can actually, stay up to date. Now, now that I think of it, the, whether you have that prefix or not can be in that sense important information because what people often do when they want to run an FKT, they take their car they go to the starting point and they start to run. But if the start and the end point of the loop is not at the same place, then you definitely need someone to pick you up. And if you don't, I'm, I often go alone. 
So I don't have anybody to pick me up. I often go for the, for the unsupported routes. And then I want my, my starting and ending point to be at the same place. Uh, so in that sense, I will probably more go for the streak, streak, uh, GRs than, than the other ones. Uh, so it's a, a logistic, uh, interesting, uh, information. Gotcha. Right. The loop is logistically way easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like the loops more than, than the other ones, <laughs> just for practical reasons. <laughs> right. Indeed. Well, um, GR, so again, listeners should note, I'm going to put the link to that. It'll just be the Wikipedia page for the GR routes in Europe, which would be a lifelong project. Uh, I'm pretty sure nobody has come close to walking all the GR routes in their lifetime, just mm -hmm. in Europe. And I'll put a link up for the somewhat, not really, equivalent in the United States, which is the National Scenic Trails. Not yeah. quite the same thing. Uh, and then I don't know of anything like this in Asia. Certainly down under in, in uh, New Zealand, they have their classic tracks. So New Zealand has that. And then each yeah. country in Europe sometimes has it. For example, I'm, we're getting in a lot of submissions from Germany, uh, which are kind of hard. Fortunately, Google Translate works very well. And it turns yeah. out they have designated top 100 trails and scenic trails. So Germany is extremely yeah, yeah. organized. We're just, we're just wandering around in the woods here in the United States while Germany's got it buttoned up. Mm. Well, uh, actually for Belgium. So when you look at the, the, the routes that are on your website for Belgium, you will see these GR routes. But there is somebody else uh, started adding other routes too. And those are from another, uh, let's say, system, and it's it's called Extra Trail. Extra Trail. And I found Extra Trail, yeah. Uh, and I think that system is also interesting. Um, typically, these Extra Trail routes they are shorter than the GR routes. GR routes can be 100 kilometers, 150, even 200 kilometers. The Extra Trail routes they typically have four. So they are in a certain region. And for each region, you have four colors. You have a red route, a green route, a blue route, and a black route. And typically, the, the black route is the longest one. And that can, that's typically somewhere between 30 or 40 kilometers. Uh, so I'm talking in kilometers here, not in miles. Eh? Um, and so the, the, the red, green, and blue they are a bit shorter. Maybe the, the shortest one is, I don't know, five kilometers. So it goes up from five kilometers to, to 30 to 40 kilometers. And, um, that's also these routes exist in the, the southern part of Belgium. And, uh, I've been running some of those, uh, too. And they are, they are very nice, uh, routes to run because they often go through, uh, forests. Um, so that's, if you ask me, I, if I want to run, if I want to run in nature in Belgium, you can, you can either take such a GR route or you can take one of these extra trail routes. I think those are two main sources for nice routes, uh, to run, uh, in Belgium. Good, um, good call. I've noticed that because we've, I've entered extra trail routes. I believe there's 30 permanent mark routes. And that's an amazing example of how organized it is over there. There's no equivalent of any kind 
not remotely similar in North America. I'm not sure if anywhere else, actually, but <clears throat> Western Europe. And so with the extra yeah. trail, there's a website for it. I'll put that in the show notes. And people can pick yeah. their distance. And the trails are all marked according to a particular color yeah, they coordination. Are they are very well marked. You can, you can, I think that's an advantage. Uh, you can even run these routes without having to enter the, the track into your sports watch or something. That's, that's, uh, that's something I like very much for, for certain routes that people can run them without having to be a, a nerd or a geek that knows how to upload a GPX file in his sport watch. <laughs> no, you can, you can just follow the arrows. Run the route and, and that's it. And that's something I, I like very much. Nice. Um, you could just show up. You can just show up and run. Follow the arrows. Don't, don't think of technology. Just follow the route and that's it. Good point, Bart. And I should note the extra trail actually is designed for trail running. These aren't converted bike paths. Yep. This, these, these routes nope. are created yep. for running. Yeah. Wow. The only thing is, if if you run the route uh, just following the arrows, but you don't have a sports watch, you cannot upload it. You don't have a GPX file to upload to the FKT website then. <laughs> so you have to record your routes. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> if, if, it, so if, it, you if it's not on your website, it didn't really matter, does it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you, if you if you want to have your track afterwards, yeah, then then you should use a watch, of course. But to 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 navigate, you don't need a, a sport watch. Okay, excellent. And I should yeah. note that is one difference Peter and I have noticed, which is all the route submissions coming in from Sweden, Belgium, Germany. They're very well yeah. done. They always have a clear and coherent GPX file. So then it goes on the yeah. website so other people can see it and download it and follow it. It's an excellent resource. Sometime yeah. us Yanks do not do that. And so we have, ah, to, you know, we're ah. just this wild and crazy bunch of frontier woodsmen, you know. And so we have to push <laughs> it back and say, send us the GPX file. Then they'll say, how do I do that? And we say, you should figure that out. So we appreciate mm -hmm. the, uh, the organization that you have over there because it makes our job a little easier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Normally we ask what's next of all our guests, but you told us what's next. You're going to see what happens in two days. You're going to see if you're in, in the CCC, Chamonix, Cormier, Chamonix. But if that is postponed, a little more FKT action. <clears throat> yeah. So if I'm, if the, the CCC gets postponed, then uh, I'll have to look for other challenges and I'm currently not registered for any other uh, ultra trail race because all the ultra trail races, they get canceled. Uh, so I think uh, my next challenge in that case will be to try another FKT and I will just look at your website, find me a nice route and just go for it. Well, that's it. That's how it works, isn't it? Of course. Uh, <laughs> I like it. By the way, do you know how I discovered your website? No. How? No, you don't. Uh, I assume you know the guy, Karl Sabbe? Oh, the Belgian whoa, guy, whoa, Karl my gosh. Sabbe? Of course. I know, uh, this, I'm sorry. Karl Sabbe, yeah, he, the fame, we call him the Belgium dentist over here. Yeah, the Belgian <laughs> dentist. He was uh, your, I, I looked, uh, by coincidence, I, I noted that he was the, the, your, the second guest on your podcast, by the way. 
Yes. Did you know that? <laughs> yes. You know, Carl, Carl yeah. I mean, he's he's a crusher. He comes over here from Belgium and just uh, cleans yeah, up on the yeah. big roots here. Yeah, definitely. So, um, so actually, when he did the, the SKT for the Appalachian Trail, uh, that, that got the Belgian news. So it was in the Belgian news channels. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I, and I, I looked it up on the internet. And, uh, yeah, that's how I discovered. Uh, so he, I noticed that he had to declare his race. And for as far as I know, uh, the official declaration was on, on your website. And that's actually how I, how I found, uh, your website. And, um, and also I am following, uh, Carl. I don't know him personally. But, uh, I discovered he, he lives actually only a few kilometers from where I live. Uh, if I am following him on, uh, on Strava, uh, and when I, when I look at his runs, yeah, that's only 50 minutes by car, uh, for me to go there and do the same route. Uh, so he's actually living quite close to me. Maybe we should get in contact once. I don't know. You should. Uh, he's a great guy. And that's a good example. We were talking about the organization style over there and that's what carl did over here we had great athletes great ultra runners and he just crushed them i think by being more organized and the podcast discussion i had with him wow that was over a year well over a year ago he describes mm -hmm. that Bart. he describes mm -hmm. how he was more organized more methodical he simply had a better plan yeah well that's true i mean um i think preparation is is one of the and and logistics uh is one of the important factors in in trying to set an fkt if you uh, let's say if you're doing a, a supported route uh then it's very i think it's very important that you have a good understanding with your the the one the the person who's following you and who's giving you your food and your water and and uh, that you meet at certain points I think, yeah, preparation and logistics, knowing where you have to run, what are the difficulties, uh, how much will you eat, will you drink? So definitely for, for the longer FKTs, uh, preparation is, uh, is, yeah, very important, I think. I will also put a link in the written show notes to the podcast we had with Carl, uh, wow, probably a year and a half ago. And on this note, wow, thank you for that story. I should have guessed. I feel bad. I should have guessed you knew about Carl. I, I almost said for Well, again, I, I don't know him. I don't know him personally, but since he broke the record for the Appalachian Trail, uh, I, I got interested in, in what he's doing. And, and even, yeah, he, he once gave a, a presentation for a big audience uh, here uh, near my city. And uh, I went there, uh, so I, I saw him live presenting with his uh, the guy who's following him. I don't remember his name, the, but uh, yeah, he gave a present. He gave a presentation of it and and how they how they did it uh, about their preparation and and uh, the FKT itself and and so on. And uh, yeah, it was actually very fun and interesting uh, to watch, uh, to be honest. Well, so I'll, nice job. Oh, thank you, Bart. I really very much appreciate that. And I, I'll just pivot on that uh, compliment to that. Anyone who's listening, if you haven't already, please subscribe. Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, just subscribe. So these come into your phone or wherever you're, however you're listening to podcasts. And if you want to give us those five stars, those stupid little reviews actually help because that way people more 
people can find out about what we're doing here. And again, if anyone wants to help support the site, please do that. Go to the website, pull down the support, this little minuscule box on the upper right corner of the menu tab and kick in on Patreon or donate. Because right now we have no sponsorship. We have no other source of funding, but you all. So if you all want to keep the servers operating, uh, then please kick in a little support here if it feels good to you. So Bart, we hopefully talk to you again and keep us informed. Keep me, keep correcting me. Every time I mess something up in Belgium, I want to hear from you. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> Take care, Bart, and thanks for uh, chatting with us today. Yeah, but so I also want to thank you uh, for having me uh, on the show, and uh, I wish you all the best with uh, the FKT website in the in the future. Eh?